0: What's up, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another show, NBA show from BetUS TV, guys, where we have all sports, uh, have shows on every single sport that you'd like to bet on. I'm your host, Jay Money. That's my guy, Punt School, a.k.a. Josh. That's also my guy over there, Chris Farley, man. What's up with you, Chris? Everything cool with you, my brother?
1: Well, you know, I'm a little um, annoyed by last night's basketball slate. Uh, Josh, your Celtics, man. I um, <laughs> I thought they were damn near omnipotent or infallible and then they roll up into Chicago and i'm not sure what happened there but it just really didn't show up 50 points at the half kind of ruined my team total and my first half over there so we recover as all the regression hit me last night apparently but uh going to recover today with the uh, we can only be honest uh, another strange pack of games tonight so hopefully we get it right
0: yeah let's get it let's get some of that money back chris over there but uh, what's up with you josh my brother how you doing over there everything cool with you Things
2: are good, man. Things are good. Uh, rough day yesterday. I think overall, I actually had the under in that Boston Chicago game and only just got there, even though Boston sucked. So I had a bad number and got there by the hook, but not a lot else went right yesterday. So let's hope for a better day of NBA today, even though it is a pretty blast, slate to say the least.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, yes, yeah, four games, guys. are difficult. Go- uh, break it down and try to get some cash. A uh, couple, a few best bets out there, but uh, let's go ahead and look at our best bet record recap for the whole year, guys. Uh, been been trading water. I always say it's early in the season. Uh, looking at 87, 92, and two overall, but we will get that. Um, we're we're going to go three and zero today collectively. I, I can tell you that for sure, my guys. So uh, let's get it going here today. Let's go ahead and head over here to this first game, guys. We'll break down these four games. Uh, first game up, we're going to the streets of Philadelphia. Here we have the 76ers getting eight. At the house versus the Brooklyn Nets, Nets land minus 325 uh, on the money line. If you'd like to take the Sixers, the underdog, underdog um, you can get back plus 265 on the, on the money line. Over and under sitting at 217 uh, in this one, Chris. Uh, how are we looking at this one? Obviously, a lot of injuries for the 76ers in this one. No Embiid, uh, Tyrese Maxiao. They do get back um, uh, Harris, uh, Tobias Harris as well. But a lot of injuries over there. Do you think the Nets, can they uh, take advantage laying this large number on the road here, Chris?
1: Yeah, that that is the question, right? And the Nets have been playing, I guess you could say, better basketball, not necessarily consistent yet, but, um, you know, better defense for sure, seeing a little more chemistry on the offensive side of the ball, too. Now, this is Kyrie's second game back, so we'll see if he continues to integrate himself in a easy way. I mean, he's been with the team for a long time now, so you would think it would be pretty seamless. Uh, and yeah, like you mentioned, Jay, we got a lot of injuries for the 76ers tonight, so there's no reason why the nets can't cover this line. I'm more interested in what happens with Ben Simmons in this one. We've seen him come off the bench quite a few times and I think that's a much better role for him, just a more comfortable role for him, right? He can kind of be I mean he could be more of a mismatch, excuse me, when it goes up against other bench players. Less pressure on him. We'll see if they start him tonight or maybe roll him off the bench. Again, kind of like his PAR prop, it was 21 and a half at bet US, but it um, went up really quickly to 24 and a half. So apparently I'm not the only one looking at that bet. So that's an angle that I'm exploring tonight because I do think that this sets up about as good as it can for Ben Simmons. He's averaging about 30 PAR uh, points per game, you could say, you know, like getting close to 10 rebounds, 10 points, and then getting a few assists too. So I think, you know, I might I might end up still taking that at 24 and a half. But this is one of those games where the Nets are expected to win, expected to show some more chemistry should cover the line and you gotta kinda feel bad for the seventy sixers too because this is obviously a season that they circled. They think they think it could all come together for them, but they have to incur and trudge through a lot of injuries still. Uh and that's that's tough for any team. So probably a loss for the Seventy Sixers tonight. Although you have to be cautious, Tobias Harris has shined in some of these spots before. He could keep it close if the Nets are caught sleeping. But this isn't a spot where the Nets should be sleeping. So
0: Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah, Tobias Harris coming to save the day, man. So, yeah, I mean. (laughs) <laughs> it'd be tough for me to be thinking that tobias harris is going to save day, but i mean obviously what do we see time and time again josh where the st- superstars are out team will kind of just come in thinking that the game is going to be easy knowing that they don't have to deal with Embiid, harden or uh in this one you could argue three of the um three of the 76ers best players over there so nets land a price here obviously we expect them to get the win here josh but do we trust them land the points here or any thoughts on the total here
2: Yeah, I would kind of lean towards them covering this number. I know it's big and I know, like you said, there's that potential for them to uh, look ahead, especially given they have Toronto on the road tomorrow as well. But Being a division game, I think you might just get a little bit more uh, focus from them in this situation. They understand the importance of winning a game like this, um, given that the division itself is arguably one of the toughest in the NBA right now as well. So picking up a road win here at Philadelphia will bode well for them over the course of the full season. Uh, It might carry extra weight as well when it comes to seedings at the back end of the season. So I don't think it's a game they're necessarily going to look past. I think we should get a pretty fair effort from them. And if we do, then... Hey, that minus eight might not be enough against uh, the bones of Philadelphia. So I-, I would lean towards Brooklyn here. The total, I would lean towards the under as well. I think it gets played at a real pedestrian-like pace. I have it at about 214 and a half. I haven't played that number at all, uh, but that's the way I would look at it if I were going to get involved in this game. would be Brooklyn to cover and the under here.
0: Yeah, that's a good point there. Uh, I could see that happening as well. I'd lean to the Nets as well. This one did open up at seven. It's up to eight now. Some, t- some Bush... Uh, start to touch eight and a half here so um, and maybe Sixers team total under gets there as well I'm not I'm not sure who's all going to score the points I know they have guys like DeAnthony Melton You have uh, Harold coming off the bench they still have some guys over there Tobias Harris as well but um, just like the the guy that's going to give me a bucket not sure who that is over there so uh, they might struggle to, to get to their team total in this one um, so definitely wouldn't be surprised see if the Nets smack them up in this one guys um, that's it for that one let's go over here to the streets of Memphis here guys where we all have an official play on this game, my guys, obviously the uh, Kings have lost. The Kings are laying one point here on the road here, uh, minus 105. Uh, you can take the Grizzlies plus one. Uh, plus one. Basically, this line is slipping all over the place, especially with John Moran um, being upgraded to questionable. Now, total sitting at 234.5. Uh, the Grizzlies have beaten the Kings seven straight times, guys, in this one. So, um, I, I see the Kings. They, they're on a six-game winning streak, right, Chris? So, um, I see the Kings, man, number one team offensive rating so far uh, in the, for the regular season and the last five games they're really playing a high brand of basketball right now we're liking the kings here i hopped on them last night i still like them even with the john Morant news uh probably if you wait and he gets ruled in you get even better line but we're liking the kings here money line plus the one what you like here chris
1: yeah you you said a lot of great stuff already jay i mean it's it's the definition of the nba these days right uh john moran shows up as, as as doubtful so you have to work that into your handicap and how he's questionable We'll see if he plays tonight. But to your point before the show, Jay, you may, you maybe that's a catalyzer uh, for the Kings on the road to take this game a little more seriously anyway. Um, I, you know, I lean towards the over in this game, too. So maybe that bumps it up a little, a few more points, too, if Ja plays. But there's just not a lot of things not to like about the Sacramento Kings and the way they're playing right now. Um, you know, a, l- a little gun-shy after my Celtics play last night because it's really tough to anticipate spots where maybe teams just don't show up or there's a lot of regression. And there's certainly some things to suggest that that's going to happen for the Kings eventually. I mean, they're not turning the ball over at all. Their assist ratio is phenomenal. 63.5% uh, effective field goal um, percent in their last six games, their last six wins. I mean, that's going to go down eventually, right? But but is this the spot where it's going to happen uh, against a team like Memphis, who likes to run the floor really fast at home anyway, which I think could— you know, just be a nice compliment for uh, you know a Kings team that's usually that's what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to get off to a fast start and overwhelm you as it is. Uh, so I, I have to still go with the Kings tonight. I know they're on the road. John Moran, if he plays, is certainly a momentum vo- boost for the Grizzlies. But again, without Desmond Bain, who's a true number two on this team now, it's hard to play against this Kings team, and we're still getting a very short line. So. I stay with Sacramento. Hopefully it works out on all of our behalf.
0: Yeah. I'm, hey, so Chris is on it. I'm on it, Josh. Are we in agreement here? We're liking the Kings to keep it going for their seventh straight win here tonight.
2: Yeah, we're all on them, it seems. Um, I, I obviously liked it a lot more when Jan Morant was doubtful, but I'm fine with it still. I mean, I still think that they should be uh, favored here. So if you can catch that plus one that's still available, I think that's a pretty good number here. It's the start of a three-game little road trip as well for Sacramento, so they're going to want to start on the right foot here. They've got Atlanta and Boston as well on deck after this. So it's going to be a tough trip, and I think it's going to be a pretty fair test of their credentials to really understand where this Sacramento team sits on the landscape of the league. Uh, And honestly, I think I'm a Kings believer. It's not just the results. It's the way they're playing basketball right now, the way they're executing their offense. Uh, the motions they're running, the off-ball activity, everything is fantastic. I think Mike Brown's done a fantastic job there. Uh, and defensively, it has come undone a little bit the last couple of games. I do wonder how much that is to do with their opposition and potentially, you know, uh, looking past teams, especially like the Detroit Pistons without Kate Cunningham. So... I think we might get a renewed focus and energy from them on that end of the floor today, especially if John ja is back. But like you said, Chris, there's still no Desmond Bain. I think that's a pretty big thing for Memphis to, to be missing that clear number two scorer, especially someone that spaces the floor like he does, because when you're playing a team like Sacramento, who top five in both frequency and efficiency from beyond the arc, uh, you need to be able to sort of return serve and, and keep up with that offense. And when you take out Desmond Bain, it makes it really, really difficult for them to do just that. So, Uh, I still like the Kings here. I still think that they get it done. Uh, Looking at that total, my number comes about four or five points under that, but uh, it's not exactly a position I'd be willing to take right now. So just take the Kings and let's all ride this one out.
0: Yeah, man, let's cash, man. We're we, we going to call this a trifecta spot here. We're all on Kings. <laughs> full game in this one. You can get plus one now. Um, I, I'd be honest with you guys. If you wait, I always say be smart about this as well. Um, Obviously, we're trying to make money here the most amount that we can. If John Morant, with him already being upgraded from doubtful to questionable, if he plays in this game, you're definitely going to get uh, some nice plus money with the Kings here. I still think they win the game out right here. And uh, Josh made a good point. First game of a three-game road trip, but this is the only team from the Western Conference that you're playing on this road trip, so you're definitely going to want this one a little bit more than you, obviously, you're going to want to go undefeated, but you're definitely going to want the West Coast, uh, the Western Conference games a lot more than the Eastern Conference games. Give me the Kings here to win outright, guys. Let's go over here to the streets of Denver here, guys. we got the Nuggets here. Land, what, five and a half, six points? five 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 and a half points at the house here versus the Pistons, man. Man, the Pistons are playing bad basketball right now. If you <laughs> like to rock with the Pistons, they're getting plus 180 here on the money line. Nuggets land minus 220 here at the the house over and under sitting at 222 in this one, um, Chris. Obviously, a lot, a lot going on, a ton of injuries in this game uh for the Pistons side. We're not even sure who's going to play for the Nuggets. It's really tough to cap this game right now. um You have any any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, we were making fun of this game before the show because it, it is really hard to, to cap. I mean, Isaiah Stewart's out. Kate Cunningham is out again for the Pistons, and he's a really important piece for them offensively. um And then you have a Denver team who they did surprise – the Mavericks the other night and they won that game. You know, maybe you look at Bones Highland props in this one. He's really good player, really good guy. Uh, you know, I he saw, got downgraded. He got downgraded. He, he got downgraded too. Oh my goodness. Let me. Uh, oh yeah, questionable. He got he got downgraded to questionable. So you know, here we are, right? Uh, maybe maybe if Bones plays, maybe that's um, a bet that you can look at, at this game. Uh, Josh, I saw you posted something on Twitter just about that kid. You know, he's a good kid, uh, and and he's a talented kid, and he could really be featured in these roles for the Nuggets, so something to think about. But I'm not sure if the Nuggets win the other night was about the Nuggets. I think it was just more about the Mavericks. They're kind of playing cold and playing lifeless in that, so we can't exactly count on that in this game. And if the Pistons were healthier, then I would say maybe this is a spot to finally take two more evenly matched teams heading into this, right? But they're not healthy either. So probably better just to save your money and not have any best in this game.
0: Yeah, so it's a tough game here, Josh. And first game of a back-to-back for the Nuggets as well. They do have the Thunder tomorrow, what we just say as well, they're playing a little weaker foe Eastern Conference team, um and then they have a Western Conference foe tomorrow. So maybe they we know that Jokic and Murray still not technically ruled out here, but I mean, why would they suit up and play here versus the Pistons, right, Josh? Um I must say though, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pistons did play well here, especially if guys like Bones holland he's basically they're, they're scoring off the bench, right? So if no Bones, no Jokic no, uh murray might have to give a look to the pistons here as bad as it is for me to say josh but <laughs> any thoughts on this game
2: uh i, I want to try and stay as far away from this game as possible so we'll make it quick because there's just better ways to spend your money than trying to bet on a game where we don't even know who's going to play uh what sort of effort or intensity we're going to get from anyone here so for, for, from a detroit standpoint i mean it's the fourth game of what a six game west coast road trip Um, you know, they've got another game tomorrow in Utah as well. So they're in a bit of a hell spot at the moment. Uh, and they're doing it, you know, shorthanded without Isaiah Stewart, without Kate Cunningham again, uh, their offense has been humming the last couple of games. It has to be said, they're playing at a faster pace. Uh, Jaden Ivy looks really, really good there as well. Um, but to, to expect them to keep doing it, to expect a young team to keep doing it on the road, especially the tail end of a long road trip is difficult. Uh, and at the same time you know you don't exactly trust a denver team who's probably going to be without all of their starters and it's a domino effect that that has when you have a guy like bones highland who has to come into the starting lineup it leaves your bench with absolutely nothing um so it, it could be an ugly game in every possible asset and uh, facet sorry and i don't want anything to do with it personally i wouldn't recommend anything i don't have a lean for the side i don't have a lean for the total just don't touch the game
0: yeah, now I'm right there with you. Pistons 0-10 on the road here, guys. Let's see if they can get their first win on the road here tonight. I must say, this is probably their only winnable game so far on this road trip. The the next two games, like you guys said, are really tough spots as well. So, maybe the Pistons show up here. I must say, if Jokic Murray um, and Bones are out, I wouldn't be surprised if the Pistons did get the job done here, guys. Last game up, man. Let's go over here to the streets of Phoenix here, guys. Um, we got the Phoenix Suns here, Land well, it's a boatload of points. It was at 7. It opened up at 6.5. It was Seven and a half now, no LeBron. Now it's sitting at nine and a half, ten here. That you're having to lay with the Phoenix Suns here to land minus 500 on the money line here. If you like to go with the Lakers, go against the whole world, you can get back plus 385 on the money line here. Over and under sitting at 226 in this one, Josh. Um, This is, I mean, this is somewhat of a little bit more higher profile game. Could you suggest any play in this game?
2: Yeah, I I might still get involved in this one. I haven't got a play on it yet. Uh, I make this sort of between seven and a half, eight, ten is is getting a little bit out of control. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to stomach a Lakers bet just yet, especially on the road, especially against one of the best teams in the NBA right now, but 10 is a lot. Uh, It's a lot of points and I'm not sure that they're that bad, especially in a division game that matters to both these teams. And you can be sure the Lakers are going to be up for it. Uh, The rivalry that sort of emerged over the last couple of seasons between these teams um, following their first playoff meeting uh, a couple of seasons back, I think still lingers in the memory of both teams or both players anyway, that played in that one. So It'll it'll carry a little bit more impetus, and I think that uh, it's probably going to be a bit of an arm wrestle here for the most part. The Lakers—I don't want to say they look good because they've beaten the Spurs and they've beaten the Pistons, but sometimes that's all it, uh, that's what a team needs is you know some easy wins to try and rack up some momentum, and you know it'll be interesting to see how much of that they can carry into this one. I would only play the Lakers at ten. It's, it's there's no way in the world you could lay this number. I don't think with Phoenix. I also have a slight lean towards the over. I make this two twenty nine uh the money does seem to be coming on the under so just sit and wait see if you can get a better number flat 226 looks like it's popping up 225 and a half and i'm probably on board and over there as well i think there's a a pathway to both teams scoring especially with chris paul still out the phoenix suns play at a faster pace uh the lakers love to push tempo in transition as well and i think that they understand as well trying to tackle the phoenix suns in transition is going to be the best way to get through that defense as opposed to getting stuck in half court sets
0: yeah, that's uh you make some good points there Josh the Lakers coming in off of a three game win streak here guys so um let's see if they can keep it going here yeah I, I do agree 10 is too much I mean obviously I know that LeBron was out but I mean come on you move I already thought seven and a half was a little rich in my opinion you move it up to 10 without with him being out I mean he's not a lifesaver anymore guys I, i'm not i mean I'm gonna go on the far on the limb and say I don't think LeBron is worth three and a half points three three and a half points to the spread not this version of LeBron guys obviously still be they'd like for him to have him out there but I mean, you're overadjusting that spread, man. I wouldn't be surprised the Lakers get the cover there, probably lose the game, but keep it close. Uh, win, win, win for everybody. The the betters, the books, except uh, for people, the public guys taking the Suns here. But uh, let's get to some questions here, guys. Get some, let's put those questions in the chat, man. We're gonna make sure we uh, we answer them. this a Question and Answering segment here, my guys. So uh, first question up, what do we got here? First question up, uh, Nicholas Lee, Nicholas Lee here. Well, my only question would be, is Lakers first half a good play here?
1: Chris. Um, I don't think so. I actually took the Suns minus four in the first half, but that line has moved up. Uh, Lakers are a pretty slow starting team, uh, especially in the first quarter, and their defensive marks have really dropped in the first quarter recently. And you know, the Suns, the Suns are an interesting case study recently because I, I don't think this is a championship team if they don't have Chris Paul on their roster. I just think they need him a little more than people give him credit for, like you know, emotionally, leadership-wise. And we're seeing that in some spots for the Suns where they've been on the road without him. You know, they're just not as good. They're not as effective. Uh, at home, though, comfortable spot for them, right? They love to run the floor and get ahead of a slower, older team like the Lakers. So early, I would favor the Suns in this matchup. Agree with what these two said about uh, the overall line, though, because I think if you're going to look at Lakers, I think full game is probably the way to look at them.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's a good point there. That's a good point, man. Uh, Josh, for you, my guy, uh, Mitch Armstrong says, who was the first player the j- uh, Jazz trade? O- uh, Kelly Olenek or Mike Conley? Not sure they'll trade anyone right now, Josh, the way they're playing. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't see why they would trade anyone, to be honest with you. What, what's your take on that, Josh?
2: Uh, they're, they're in a really weird situation where Danny Ainge just kind of accidentally stumbled across like the winning formula, and now he's got a real decision to make. Um, whether they still go down the route of blowing things up and boosting those lottery odds or letting this play out and, you know, have a playoff team that's feisty and that the fans certainly seem to enjoy watching them and rallying behind them. So it's always dangerous to try and blow up a team like that when, you know, the city is so bought into the team. Um, uh, you don't necessarily want to lose that momentum either. So I don't know what they're going to do. I have absolutely no idea. I know that Danny Ainge loves picks and he'll do anything to get picks. That just seems to be what he lives for. But... Um, if I had to pick someone out of those two, I think they probably move a Linux first just because he is likely to have a wider market of interested suitors, where, he can be a pretty nice contributor to a contending team. I think Conley could be as well, but uh, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit more difficult there. You've got to get him to sort of buy into a new role, probably coming off the bench for a contender if that's going to be the case, and that's the route that he goes. Um, Linux just seems like a seamless fit. He's someone who's played off the bench almost his entire career. Uh, he, he can make an immediate impact for a whole host of teams who need backup bigs at the moment. So I think the market is bigger for Linux, is what I'm saying. I think that's the one that they go... I don't know whether they actually trade either of them, though. I really don't know what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, that's an easy one right there. They already already tried their best to trade Mike Conley all offseason. No suitors to take him, guys. So I'm pretty sure that uh, he'll stay put in Utah. If he was going to get traded, uh, they tried their best over the offseason. Nobody wanted him over there, guys. So a couple more questions here. Uh, Now a couple uh, questions from the same people here. So, Chris, we'll let you answer another question for Mitch Armstrong here. He says, can Kevin Love keep this six-man-of-the-year momentum up all year?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's a really good sign when the momentum and formula is working early in the year, right? Um, they're probably not going to stray away from that. So that's a good thing for him. Uh, just always with these futures awards, especially with how injured he's been in the past, um, you know, tough for me to pull the trigger right now. I guess that's all I would say. You know, you wait until the halfway mark of the season. For me, you know, you see if a team changes that formula at all. I don't think they're going to with Kevin Love, but um it's it's working you know and that's a cool thing so it's it's unlikely that it's going to change i would just wait on that a little bit there there's a long long season and he might not be the prime candidate very soon and then you're you know things that seem like they're really good value now only seem like they're really good value because you're comparing it to other things that don't seem as likely but you know in 2 months everything could change so yeah you know that i mean that's kind of my whole approach to futures in general right is like we can think that we're getting better value because it's we think it's more likely now. Uh, but then, I mean, everything could shift really quick, especially in a nine-month season like the NBA. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And Kevin Love is an older player as well. guys. So you never know right. injuries, all that stuff. But i would be honest, I didn't even think that he was leading over there. I think there's some other candidates, some some young guns over there as well. But it's always based on like who has like somewhat of a better record uh, as well. And you you kind of have to pluck one of the guys that's having a high usage from one of those teams. So uh, obviously, the, I do think the Cavs will be up there. But I don't know, still got to figure out what they're going to do with Lavert as well. Lavert might be stealing some of that shine coming off the bench as well but uh, one more question here josh my guy nicholas lee says what about laker game um aiden to get over nine and a half rebounds pretty sure is what he was saying josh what do you think uh can aiden get over nine and a half rebounds
2: man aiden can get over nine and a half rebounds every game if he really wanted to he's probably (laughs) the most infuriating player in the league i just don't understand how someone so big can struggle to uh let's say implement their will on a game so yeah he can get over eight uh, nine and a half rebounds whether he does or not is another question entirely Uh, but like i said i think just the animosity between these teams in recent seasons means we probably get a little bit more of a feisty game Uh, and i think that the potential for him to clear that number is probably higher than uh on any other given night where he might shy away from such situations so you know, the the Lakers do give up a lot of rebounds to centers. They have done all season long. I would probably only play the over here and I do like that look there. Just hoping if you could probably get a better price on that one if you can and maybe even sell it, take the over ten and a half rebounds and grab some plus money instead.
0: Exactly, exactly. Now, that's some good points there. You always worry about the sketchy motivation for Aiden over there. Uh, still not, still hadn't really talked to his coach. So, still, something going on <laughs> over there, man. Uh, he's kind of one of those guys that's like, uh, I just want my money. You see what I'm saying? He doesn't really care about the team, about the coach, any of that. Uh, just give me my money, and that, that's it right there. You, noticed, was,
1: but. you notice that doesn't happen a lot with, like, 6'4", six, 6'5 six, NBA players. They're always <laughs> over 7 foot, right? It's like, you know, they're going to be in the NBA either way, I guess, because they're talented enough. Like, come on, guy. And this is a game between two of the most infuriating bigs in the game for sure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. No, that's some good points. That's some good points, man. Let's go ahead and get to the best bets here, guys. Uh, I mean, pretty easy one here today, guys, where we are all on the same thing. But, I mean, we like the play, right? We didn't necessarily talk to each other before. We all come together. Uh, we're on the same play. We think it's the top play on the board. I definitely think so. I hopped on it last night. Uh, liking the Kings' money line, uh, you can take them plus one, minus one pick. We liking the Kings to keep it going and keep the keep their winning ways going, make it a seven straight win here today. Um, and I hope they can get it done, my guys. So let's see what happens, in all honesty. If John Moran does come in, you will get a better line. So we're not talk you off waiting until uh, closer to game uh, game time or whatever. He shouldn't get too if he's out. shouldn't get too much higher than Kings minus two, my guys. But let's go, Sacramento, proud man. Let's catch it. Uh, lost seven straight to the to the Grizzlies. Let's let's get off the Schneid here tonight, my guys. Let's go with the Kings here. Uh, let's get some cash, man. I'm your host, Jay Money. That's my guy, Josh. That's my guy, Chris Farley as well, man. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. Please hit the like button, um, retweet all that good stuff. We back tomorrow. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. We're out. Let's cash.